1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Welcome into one final edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Don't worry, only for 2021. I will be back here in 2022 following. The game on Sunday afternoon in New Orleans at 425 Eastern time. Been flexed there on Fox 325 Central time. God's time zone there in Central time. So going to talk about that here on today's episode of Locked on Panthers. hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and all of the other great podcasting platforms out there. And also make sure... To follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. I did that on Wednesday of this week, but next Friday, which is not a holiday, I'll get back to the normal Friday schedule. So make sure to go ahead and either at me or DM me, but first make sure to follow me there on Twitter. On today's episode, it's yet another crossover episode. We're going to be talking to Locked On Saints host Ross Jackson, who we haven't talked to in 15 weeks. Back when the Panthers got a big-time win against the New Orleans Saints, started off 2-0 and. Things have not gone the way that we would have hoped since then for the Panthers, and things have not gone that great for New Orleans either as they still are within the NFC playoff race in the wild card. So we get into all of that here with Ross Jackson right now. What's going on,
2: everybody? It is Thursday here across the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, of course, it is time for our crossover Thursday. In this episode, we've got Julian Council Locked On Panthers, myself, Ross Jackson, Locked On Saints. And we are here to bring you the most comprehensive preview you're going to find anywhere else. I don't care who tells you anything. We're going to preview the most comprehensive one. And the most fun too. look at this look at the Carolina Panthers traveling to take on the New Orleans Saints, a game that has moved to three twenty five central time. We'll be airing on Fox, all that good stuff. Thank you, as always, making Locked on Saints and Locked on Panthers your first listen of the day. Uh, Julian, I am so excited to get started with this one for you. We had a blast week, 2 I'm looking forward to having some fun here again. So uh, why don't we go ahead and get this all started, man? I know you have some questions for me. I've got some questions for you, and then we'll get into keys and predictions at the end of the show.
0: Yeah, let's do it, Ross. Uh, it's weird. It's been 15 weeks since you and I have spoken <laughs> about these two teams. In week two, I talked about how it was a big game for the Panthers to make a statement at that point in the season, and I thought they did. In the blowout, of course, there was COVID issues on the Saints staff, and there still are. Mm-hmm. Surprise, COVID Here issues again. <laughs> across the NFL. So <laughs> it will be another storyline heading into this week, and obviously the both teams are, I don't think, anywhere where we hoped that they would be mm-hmm. for 15 weeks ago. But that's the nature of the National Football League. So, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, man, absolutely.
2: So let's go ahead and dive into we're going to open up with your questions about the New Orleans Saints. For everybody listening or watching, of course, you could follow Julian on Twitter at Julian Council. Myself on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola. But uh, let's go. I'm, I'm excited to hear what you've got questions about, although I have a feeling I know
0: what the first question might be about. <laughs> COVID, COVID, <laughs> COVID. <laughs> Ross, I, I, a lot of people use COVID as an excuse week one. Or right. week two and they played and i think it's a reasonable excuse obviously right and now everyone in the nfl is dealing with covid and seemingly no one's dealing with it worse than the new orleans saints and who is going to play do you have any idea who to expect on sunday afternoon at in the superdome when they play against carolina on sunday man look
2: it's it, 22 players and four coaches going into that monday night uh game i guess you can call it against the Miami Dolphins. So, okay, here's what we know so far for sure. Uh, not a very long list. Juwan okay. Johnson, the Saints second and or third string tight end, depending upon how you 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 like Adam Troutman. Um, Juwan Johnson and the Saints starting strong safety and one of their veteran leaders, Malcolm Jenkins, those two players have been activated off of the COVID list as we record this. There is expectation that some more players will come off of this list going into Thursday, Thursday morning, whenever it might be. Um, The players that have the timeline that makes sense could be both of the quarterbacks in Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon, and then a couple of other guys that are more so role players like Jalen Holmes in the defensive line, Caden Ellis at the linebacker spot, some depth on the offensive line, some special teams guys, but big names like Demario Davis, Quan Alexander, they went on late last week. So those are going to still be the big question marks to watch going into this week. What we do know for sure as well is that Ryan Ramchek, the Saints starting right tackle, who has been out with injury for the past like five or six weeks now, he is still on the list at this time, at least as the injury report was released on Wednesday, as he was not listed on the injury report, which is where he's been over the course the last couple of weeks. So that's the most that I could say at the moment. Malcolm Jenkins is back, but I still have no idea necessarily who, uh, in terms
0: of the full slew of players that went on that list, will be back on Sunday. Drew Brees was hired in the offseason, and we need mm-hmm. a quarterback was going to be one of the key positions and questions for the New Orleans Saints this season. He started off with Jameis Winston, looked awesome week one in that Jacksonville game against the Green Bay Packers that got moved because of the hurricane. Mm-hmm. Then Jameis goes down. You have to go to Trevor Simeon for a couple of weeks because Taysom Hill's out. Taysom Hill then comes back. Then you land on Ian Book because of injuries and COVID protocols. Who's up next? <laughs> Blake Bortles, apparently. No, um <laughs> let's never, let's never go down
2: that road. Um, no, I, I think that, you know, look, if, if Taysom Hill is healthy for this game, which sounds like the expectation, um, he didn't come off the COVID list before Wednesday simulated practice, but the expectation is that he he will be healthy for this Carolina game or this game against Carolina. So for that game, I would expect in that case for Taysom Hill to be the starting quarterback for New Orleans. But Remember, Taysom Hill's still dealing with other stuff outside of COVID. He's got the 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 mallet finger. I keep wanting to call it hammer finger, but that's the toe. Hammer toe, mallet finger. Uh, so he's got the mallet finger thing. He's got the plantar fascia tear. Like, there's so many different things going on with this poor guy. Oh, and of course, he got rocked into a big-time concussion that landed him in concussion protocols for three weeks earlier on this season. So there's still a lot of things around Taysom. But when he's been the starting quarterback over the course of his last two games, he's looked decent. He's been able to run. He's been able to do this, excuse me, over the last three games. He's been able to run when it comes to uh, the offense that you expect him to run. So I would expect to see more of that and, and nothing to really change in terms of the way that they utilize Taysom Hill. But if he's healthy, he should be the starter.
0: So the Saints are still in it playoff wise. The mm-hmm. NFC and AFC playoff picture is probably the most entertaining it's been for a long time in the NFL. Yeah. Unfortunately, because of COVID, everyone is kind of thrown out of a loop and we're trying to figure out who's going to be available and who actually has the best chance to get in. New Orleans, despite the loss, Miami on Monday night is still very much so in the playoff picture. They're going to need to win their final two games. I don't know what the nerds are at 538 are saying in terms of their odds. But how do you currently feel about the state of New Orleans Saints as they have two games left an important one on Sunday and trying to be a wild card team in, in, the, in the NFC?
2: Yeah, I, I believe the nerds have them at like 30-something percent at the moment. I want to say it was 36 percent with the loss. That's so not bad. Not, not terrible, right? Not terrible, considering where zero. they are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly. Not bad for a team that's on their you know fourth quarterback so far this season. And so what the New Orleans Saints need to happen here is that they need to win out, and basically they need a loss from San Francisco. That That's basically what they need at this moment. But winning out is not going to be the easiest thing in the world. They are winnable games, I think, against Carolina, who's eliminated from playoff contention, but would probably love to play spoiler at this point. And then, of course, Atlanta, which is a huge rivalry game for New Orleans and all of that, too. So it's not going to be easy, but the winning out portion of it is, is, is the thing that everyone should be focused on. And then if the other pieces happen, which this seems to happen every season for the Saints are on the brink of something playoff wise, not necessarily on the brink of the playoffs. They've been pretty solidly positioned there over the course of the last four years, but they're always waiting on something to happen in the NFC West. It always seems to happen, whether it's about seeding in this case, whether it's about whether or not they make it into the playoffs, they're always waiting on the NFC West. It hasn't worked out. The Seahawks have failed them three years, two years in a row. Now you're hoping that either Los Angeles or the Houston Texans can come through uh, and give them what they need up against the San Francisco 49ers. But their their big focus now is going to be on winning out and getting into those playoffs. So It's it's huge, right? To come out of a season with your final season with a Hall of Fame quarterback, as you mentioned earlier, and to even be talking about the playoffs is out of the ordinary. So I think they'll take that position for sure.
0: Yeah, I took inventory last week when I had my crossover with James Yarko, our Mm -hmm. fellow NFC South brethren there of the Locked On Bucks podcast. And Mm -hmm. that was the first time I got to talk to him and we some of the season as a whole how things have gone with Carolina and not leading to where we hoped at least things would be because I, I thought Carolina at least would be an 8 and 9 football team in mm-hmm. in the wild card picture in December. Technically they were, but really they weren't. New were, Orleans were a team that's right. There's an as we had in the picture 36 percent chance for a 538 and I wonder your thoughts the season as a whole, you get rid of well, Drew Brees tires, you bring a new quarterback. You've got four different ones. You've had the COVID issues. Michael Thomas never played a snap this season. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton, I think for the most part, looks like he's done a fairly good job with what he's been handed in terms of the deck he's been given. What are your thoughts overall on his 2021 season with two weeks left to play in New Orleans?
2: Yeah, look, I, I think I took the Saints to be a nine and eight or a 10 and seven team at the beginning of the season. I didn't expect that this is the way that they could potentially get there right? Fourth, four quarterbacks through no key players in terms of their wide receiver and, and Michael Thomas, Will Lutz, their kicker. I think when you look at the New Orleans Saints season so far, the only thing you could do is try to measure the adversity. That That's really what it's been so far this season. It's been the the hurricane that you mentioned earlier, the week two COVID issues. It's been the you know bad news with injuries for guys like Will Lutz and Michael Thomas losing uh, Jameis Winston for the season, having to go four quarterbacks deep into your roster, the COVID issues in week 16. Like, All of these things are a measure of what this New Orleans Saints team has had to do throughout this season to be on the brink of a playoff appearance. And I think the coaching staff deserves a ton of credit for that. I think the players deserve a ton of credit for that. It's one of the reasons why I don't look at the New Orleans Saints right now as a team that should be favoring draft position over playoff positioning, uh, over the the opportunity for the playoffs, because you've had 70 plus players, 57 different starters for this New Orleans Saints team and NFL record. Working their tails off to hopefully be a winning team this season. And this organization, this fan base, everybody within the facility deserves to continue to play hard for those, you know, and, and to be believed in uh, going into those situations. So, the way that I look at the New Orleans Saints season is that I look at the adversity that they've had to overcome. I look at where they are right now. And for them to just be a team, even in the playoff conversation, I think you feel pretty positive about that. And you shout out the coaching staff, Sean Payton, Dennis Allen, the team even winning a game without Sean Payton at one point. I mean, just a, a wild thing. And I think I should remind everyone, just in case you've forgotten that the Saints did shut out those very Tampa Bay Buccaneers that we were talking about with James Yarko uh, nine to zero at home. Just wanted to remind everybody yeah. of that.
0: That, uh, and they're going to be highlighted in a wonderful Netflix movie that we cannot all wait to uh, see coming out here in 2022. Talk
2: about how did I talk about <laughs> adversity
0: and not mention Kevin James?
2: I mean, That's... come on, <laughs> the two are synonymous. Uh, we have so much more all the way here for you in this Locked On crossover edition. Locked On Panthers host Julian Council, myself Ross Jackson. Locked On Saints. I've got some questions for Julian now. We're going to talk about starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Panthers. Panthers, what's going on on their injury side, their COVID side. We're going to go through it all here as we continue on with today's episode of this Locked On Crossover edition here with the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we get to all that, though, hey, look, the the Saints and the Panthers dealing with a lot of COVID stuff, so right now they're not up in terms of odds. There's no conversation to be had about odds right now when it comes to our friends over at BetOnline.ag, the responsible thing to do, Vegas. I'm with you 100%. So if you can't get in on these odds for this game, don't worry. BetOnline.ag has you covered for everything else that you need around the NFL. You can even get over to the NBA. You can jump into UFC, MMA, and your favorite Vegas casino games as well. So, so many things to look at. Or you can even look at the college football playoffs, of course, right around the way. Bowl season is underway. So much to look at. and They have you covered there with their new and updated website, mobile device, however it is that you want to look at it. And they have a really fun live betting module. That's a lot of fun to get into while the games are ongoing as well. So go and check them out, betonline.ag. If it's your first time, make sure you use the promo code LOCKEDON, L O C K E D O N. It's a 50% welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. Pleasure of, you know, my, you're welcome. Myself and Julian, happy hooking you up with that. <laughs> Once again, uh, promo code LOCKEDON, L O C K E D O N for 50% welcome bonus over at betonline where the game starts. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Making Locked on Panthers, Locked on Saints, your first listen of the day here. Crossover Thursday. Julian Council at Julian Council on Twitter. Myself, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson. Nola. Julian got his questions in about these New Orleans Saints. I've got some questions about those Carolina Panthers. So let's go ahead and oh, dive goody. in here. Oh, I know you're excited. I know you're <laughs>
0: excited about it. So let's
2: Always. talk. Let's talk. So these these Carolina Panthers right now, they put out an injury report, and there was a, a big-time name on that list that I want to ask you about Uh, Stefan Gilmore. Now, this was a huge acquisition for David Tepper, the the Carolina Panthers. They were out there. They're making these moves and everything, trying to be this competitive team. And unfortunately, it all got derailed at some point during the season. But with Stefan Gilmore, what's the expectation for him this weekend and forward when it comes to the Carolina Panthers as New Orleans Saints fans should have a vested interest in having an all-pro corner either in or not in their division?
0: Yeah, when Stefan came here, he told... Defensive coordinator Phil Snow, like, hey, give me until after the bye week and I'll be ready to go 100%. Because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of fans that are asking questions of why is Gilmore not playing more, and that's back when A.J. Bouye was not on IR. And same thing with Dante Jackson was not on IR. Both those guys are done for the season. And, of course, the first-round rookie draft pick, J.C. Horn, who's been on IR and out for the season since that week three matchup against the Houston Texans uh, on Thursday Night Football. So Gilmore, the last couple weeks, has been playing the majority of the snaps up until the third quarter on Sunday – in the loss at home to Tampa, where he had a non-contact injury, which turned out to be a groin injury, and he was out for the rest of the game. And there were some concerns with two seasons, two weeks left in the season, whether he'd play at all. And Matt mm-hmm. Rule came out on Wednesday afternoon when speaking to the media and said that he does not expect to spawn Gilmore to play on Wednesday. And honestly, for me, if he's not going to play on Wednesday, I or sorry, he's not going to play on Sunday. I, I don't have much confidence he's going to play next week in another meaningless game against Tampa Bay on the road, especially for a guy who's upcoming free agency and who hasn't an option where he wants to come back to Carolina. And I might think, I think maybe we him in the last of Stephon Gilmore here in a Carolina Panthers uniform mm. as the Panthers are, they got a lot of things they got to change this off season, particularly on, on offense to give anyone like a Gilmore confidence that them coming back would mean playoffs next season. So I honestly am sitting here thinking that Stephon Gilmore probably played his last game as a Carolina Panther for, with, for a guy who only has about three years left in his career, probably wants to get the most money he can get possible. And also wants to go to a contender, which I don't know if Carolina contender to Augs next year. Wow. Yeah. So that's definitely something to continue
2: to watch in terms of the the the, the lifetime of that contract in, in his time in Carolina for New Orleans Saints fans. But to not have him on the field this week could be huge uh, for the New Orleans offense that is still trying to figure out how to have an identity through the air. I don't know that they've, they've figured that out yet. Uh, speaking so of having an identity through the air, Carolina Panthers, dealing with a little bit of uh, some some quarterback shakeups themselves, right? Three different quarterbacks who have played so far this season. Who's gonna be the starting quarterback? Is it gonna be Cam Newton? Are we gonna see Sam Darnold again up against New Orleans, or are we gonna see another surprise uh uh appearance by PJ Walker?
0: Well, it won't be PJ Walker. He went on the COVID list on Wednesday. <laughs> oh, that's right. So unfortunately, yes, yeah, yeah. so unfortunately, PJ's actually the quarterback that um The Panthers had stowed away, just kind of told him, hey, Mm -hmm. stay away from the facility just in case something happens where we lose Cam or Sam Darnold. We're going to need you. That's not the case. They also cut Matt Barkley on Mm -hmm. Tuesday. And there's been some talk that maybe Matt Barkley, if he can pass through waivers, would come back for the Carolina Panthers as they'll be in need possibly of a third quarterback on Mm -hmm. standby just in case something happens with Cam or Sam Darnold. But Sam Darnold will get to start. Matt Rule opened up his press conference on Wednesday and just went out and said it. He's smart, aware, do that people were asking me the first question that he was asked. And it's not surprising to anyone who's paid attention. Like when Sam Darnold's been healthy this season, he's been the starting quarterback. And part of my frustration on Sunday when Cam started was like, okay, Sam's back. I get it. You didn't elevate him until Saturday. So it makes sense that maybe Cam's going to start. But if he's going to start, then just play Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Don't have Cam play a couple series and then have Sam come in and on that third series, hit a long passing play with Shy Smith. Get to the red zone, first and goal at the ten. Then bring in Cam for two plays, and then ask Sam Darnold on third and goal from the nine to go out there and throw the ball. It doesn't make any sense to me. Right. What I felt like is if Sam Darnold's healthy and that's your guy, and he's the only quarterback on the on the roster right now who's under contract for 2022, so I understand that maybe you want to see more out of him the next two weeks. I believe they've said enough, enough from him, and they should have brought him here in the first place. But I get it. That's your guy. That's your start. Fine. Start on Sunday, and honestly, we really shouldn't see Cam unless it's a. Fourth and goal situation at the goal line or it's a short yardage situation between the 20s. Other than that, it should be the Sam Darnold show. As much as fans don't like that, that's Mm -hmm. just kind of the way the situation is where Matt Rule, that's his guy. He brought him in and Cam is just only here mainly because of Scott Bitter, the general manager calling, and also the owner, David Tepper, trying to fill some seats over the course of the weeks where Sam Darnold would be out. So it's going to be the Sam Darnold show this week and Matt Rule doesn't want to talk about next week as long as he stays healthy, plays well enough, which I don't think it really matters, he'll probably still start on the road in week 18 at Tampa.
2: So with Sam Darnold being the guy under center for the New Orleans Saints going up against them this weekend, um, I want to focus in on the offensive line a little bit because there have been some, dare I say, question marks around the offensive line so far for the Carolina Panthers. It's been sort of Uh, accentuated a little bit with the current COVID ongoing COVID situation in Carolina. What's the latest on the offensive line uh, as the Saints pass rush has really gotten better over the course of these last few games?
0: Yeah, you speak about the injury report. Cam Irving, who missed last week, also, the starting left tackle, he's on IR. Well, he's not on IR. He's on. He's been on IR before, but he's on mm-hmm. injury report this week with a calf injury, something that's bothered him throughout the course of the season. So the expectation right now for me would be that Brady Christensen, who the rookie third-rounder out of BYU, who was an All-American left tackle last year, protecting Zach Wilson's blind side, someone who the fans have been begging to play left tackle because mm-hmm. the Carolina Panthers have not had a long-term answer at that position since Jordan Gross retired. Uh, what, seven, eight years ago, which right. is just ridiculous that we're sitting here still having this conversation. He played fairly well. He was the second um, highest rated player on the offensive line against uh, Tampa Bay in the loss, even though like, there's only one offensive lineman on this tam- Panthers team you can trust. And that's Taylor Moten, who got the bag just off offseason, mm-hmm. heading into the season. Um, so looking at it right now, I, I feel like it's Moten, again, I, right tackle, obviously. Left tackle, probably Christian in. Center was on COVID last week had to go to the third center, Sam Teckler, who started and actually played fairly well. He's now on the COVID list. But Elf Line came off the COVID list on Wednesday, so he should be back and ready to go. At guard, I expect it to be John Miller at right guard and then Michael Jordan at left guard. Dennis Daly, who was on COVID list last week, is also off of that and available. So the Carolina Panthers, who have dealt with 11 different starting combinations on the offensive line this year. I'm not sure whether it's going to be number 12 or not. I can't keep track. There's been just so many guys who have come in and out. I'm not expecting much out of them, but I'm hoping to see Brady Christensen play well and show some good tape out there to where that could be a position that's answered. And the Carolina Panthers are only looking for some interior players heading to free agency uh, this upcoming in a couple of weeks, I guess. Yeah, definitely. It, look, it helps
2: to have the bookends solved <laughs> left yeah, tackle right tackle, for sure, especially when you can get them out on the field, which has been a struggle for New Orleans, but hopefully something that Carolina uh, can figure out. All right. Finally, I want to talk. Flip over to the defensive side for Carolina. I know Shaq Smith. Excuse me, Shaq Thompson. My apologies. As well as uh, Brian Burns added to the COVID reserve list early on this week. What's yeah. the latest on the the defense and, and and sort of what the expectation is in terms of who can be out on the field this weekend?
0: Yeah, and let me pull up my notes here because like yeah. there's so many dudes. Like there's 11 guys currently on COVID right now. COVID's like reserve slash COVID 19 list for the Carolina Jeez. Panthers. Two of them. Not thankfully, but I guess in a way because they're either human beings, so you want them to get better, obviously. Of course. But uh, Matt Paradis, he's out for the season. Oh. So is Davion Nixon. So it's really mm-hmm. only nine players that might be available that are in COVID list. We got Hassan Reddick went up there on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to be out new, with the new protocols because this Wednesday counts as day zero. He wouldn't be able to right. test out really. Um, also, PJ Walker, he's going to he's not on defense, but he's going to be done. Brian Burns, Jack Thompson, though those two guys were among six. He went on the list on Monday, mm-hmm. and because of the way the protocols are. They can test out by Saturday and be available on Sunday, seeing as if they're vaccinated. I believe they are the only players that is known to not be vaccinated for the Carolina Panthers was John Miller, who got COVID before week one and is I think probably still in the period where he doesn't even have to test after contracting the virus. So I don't right. think there's any concern there. There could be a possibility that Brian Burns and that Shaq Thompson play. If they don't, adding also Stephon Gilmore being out, and you also have Justin Burris, who's a starting safety, who was limited in practice. Same thing with Jermaine Carter Jr., the starting linebacker, who's limited in practice. Carolina Panthers could be looking at a pretty skeleton defense, and a defense that's mm-hmm. been pretty good throughout the season. You've seen guys like Yator gross Matos, a second-pound pick out of Penn State in 2020 really step up the last couple of weeks. They're going to need him, Jeremy Chin. He's been huge for the Panthers, over 100 tackles, back-to-back years. The only guys who have done that in carolina i think ever in their first two years with john beason and luke keekley and that's mm. luke Keekley's a future hall of famer so that's a pretty good right. company to be in so I, I don't know who's gonna be available but right now you're looking at potentially five maybe six or seven starters for the panthers defense who might not be available on sunday in new orleans so i'm sure the saints are gonna be weeping for them as they've had to deal with these COVID issues throughout <laughs> the season even early on in the season the, that week that week two game so right. there will be um certainly no uh tears shed there in New Orleans. Yeah, look, I think all of that, of course, is going to be key to
2: watch for both of these teams in terms of navigating each team's COVID list as there's not really a lot of assurance in terms of who is going to be available and who's not. So that'll be one thing that both of these teams are going to be navigating over the course of this week. But as we continue on with this Locked On crossover Thursday episode, Locked On Panthers, Locked On Saints, we're going to be talking more about keys to victory in this one as well as making our predictions. So we got that coming up for you as we continue on here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, wrapping up this crossover Thursday edition, Carolina Panthers heading to New Orleans, the big easy to take on the New Orleans Saints, the second meeting for these two teams uh, this season. Uh, it's going to be 325 Central Time, 425 Eastern, if you're watching out on the seaboard, and we're going to have uh, a lot of fun, I-, I think, figuring out exactly what this team is, get- what both of these teams are going to look like by the time that we get there. So we've got Julian Council, myself, Ross Jackson, to get you ready for this one. So, Julian, let's start with the traveling Panthers here outside of health, right, which is, of course, going to be big for both of these teams. What are some of the keys to victory for Carolina? What do they need to do to pull out a win here at the end of the season?
0: Yeah, I was about to give you a hard time for saying 3:25 uh, Central Time, but also I, I remember. I added it on for you. you know? No, it, no, it's fine. Uh, Central Time is actually God's time zone, so I'm totally <laughs> fine with going with Central Time. Back when I lived in Nashville, Dang I do right. miss I do miss um, Central Time Zone, even though I'm an East Coast guy. Where I guess I'm a I'm a Southern guy, but the East Coast yeah. time is uh, what I've thrived and lived on most of my life. But um, anywho, in terms of the keys for the Carolina Panthers, uh, it's basically the same keys I've had throughout the entire season. Like protect the passer and get after the passer mm-hmm. but really this week too because I look at the offensive line is it the way I look at it, it's probably Christian at left tackle my Jordan and left guard center he's gonna be had playing right guard John Miller and right tackle Taylor Moton. if the bookends can protect Sam Darnold and give him an opportunity we might get to see something and everyone knows how I feel about the acquisition of Sam Darnold and his future here in Carolina like I don't think there should be one outside of him being the backup and holding a clipboard next season and then if he's called upon for a week or two you know, you can actually win some games with him. But over the course of the season, he's proven that he's just not that guy. Maybe one day he will be. I just have it's a hard time believing that's going to finally happen for him. But I do want to see him succeed over the next couple of days, just for his sake and just for the sake of the organization to get some good look at him and potentially be able to find a sucker in the offseason who they can flip him to. I don't know mm-hmm. if there's any suckers out there, seeing as the Panthers are the only sucker that the Jets could uh, get to trade for Sam Darnold and they were betting against them or they were, uh, I mean, be, uh, betting against themselves or whatever. But I think Sam has an opportunity, though, on Sunday to actually play fairly well. Mm-hmm. Because he has at times. And DJ Moore, I think his production has kind of slipped over the last couple of weeks with not having Sam Darnold out there. Robbie Anderson, we've seen more of him over the last couple of weeks. I think him and Cameron really had a really good rapport there. But they can get some sort of continuity of the, the three of those guys in a passing game. I would love to see that as well. And he's just got to make good decisions. He took care of the football at least on Sunday. He should have been picked off on the final play of the game. There's probably another opportunity where he could have, should have got picked off. And that's kind of the story of Sam Darnold. Yeah, protecting Sam and then him being able to feel comfortable, not get happy feet in the pocket. I think that's really the key to this offense having success. Like Defensively, if they're going to be missing some of their star players, I don't really know what expectations I can have for them. Right. The COVID for issues sure. really aren't on the offensive side of the ball right now. So I'm hoping to... Right. For that, the offensive line can at least give Sam a chance to show us something over the next couple of weeks. As I want to see the guy succeed while he's here in Carolina, I just don't think long term he's going to be the answer for an organization and an owner and David Sapper, who said like if you got to be in constant pursuit of a Super Bowl quarterback, Sam Darnold's answered the question. He's not that guy. So if he's not that guy, and Cam Newton likely is not that good, then you need need to go and somebody. else it should be the top pro for them. Have to here in a couple of weeks. And yeah. That, that, that,
2: yeah. That, that makes a ton of sense, and I, I feel very similarly to Taysom Hill, right? You want to see him succeed in whatever role he's playing, but is he a Super Bowl-winning quarterback? I think you would have to – it would be a pretty far stretch to say that. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So I, I completely understand that that line of thinking. Um, For the New Orleans Saints over on the offensive side, I think the key to victory for them is just going to be about protecting the ball can't turn the ball over. You can't give up a pick six on the first possession. You know, unfortunately we saw Ian book do that. We've seen three starting quarterbacks out of four for the new Orleans saints throw pick sixes so far this season. The only one who has it is the guy that everyone told us would, which was Jameis Winston. Um, right. right. And he only had four exceptions on the season. And so I think, you know, they have to protect the ball. They can't give Carolina extra possessions. You can't give Carolina the opportunity to be able to get into any kind of rhythm over on the offensive side, particularly in the passing game, the Saints passing defense has been very good so far. It particularly has improved since uh, maybe the last four or five weeks, but you can't give them an opportunity to, you know, those extra opportunities to hit that stride. On the defensive side, it's the flip, you know, the flip side of what you mentioned, protecting the quarterback. Well, they have to get after the quarterback, right? They They have to yeah. be able to put pressure on Sam Darnold. Uh, Sam Darnold so far this season, one touchdown, six interceptions, 44.7% completion percentage when under pressure so far in terms of the entire season. Um, When you look at the Saints in their last meeting with Carolina in week two, they only put pressure on Sam Darnold. Let me check my notes here uh, on eight dropbacks. That's not a lot. (laughs) No, (laughs) that's not a lot at all. Um, And it was 19.5% of his dropbacks at that. So and when they did put pressure on him, he was two of five and threw an interception. And he was sacked twice. So the worst interception that we've seen all year, <laughs> it was pretty bad. Uh, so I think that, you know, for the Saints and their defense, like the key here is as Marcus Davenport and, and, and Cam Jordan have really sort of led a resurgence in the pass rush over the course of these last few games, Cam Jordan, two sacks in each of the last two games. He's now at one hundred and two point five over the course of his career. Uh, Marcus Edmond has had five sacks or had a sack in five of the last six games. The pressure numbers have been off the charts over the last two games. Seventeen pressures combined by both of these guys, including um, including six sacks. So I think that you you have to be able to capitalize on what you've been getting from uh, from the production there. And if you have a rookie starting at left tackle, you can't let the rookie come in and have a successful day, right? You have to you have to be able to take advantage of that. And so far. Marcus Davenport's done a very good job. He's been bull rushing, pushing offensive linemen into quarterbacks, embarrassing offensive linemen. I mean, he had himself a field day up against Miami uh, in Monday, one of the few bright spots of that loss. So I think it's got to be all about the pass rush for them and, and rattling Sam Darnold. That's got to be the big key on defense.
0: Yeah, and I think I go back to that week two matchup. I want to say that, I mean, early in that first half where the Panthers just dominated, but especially offensively, they didn't really have many issues against New Orleans. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until that third quarter, the second half, where traditionally. Joe Brady just didn't really do a great job making adjustments, where Dennis Allen started seeing a bunch of pressure, and that's when you started seeing Sam Darnold kind of struggle and have that really bad interception that he had there late in that game. Mm -hmm. Now, those are the keys, and we're looking at this game. It's a must-win, obviously, for New Orleans. They don't win. They're done. Carolina's already out of it at 5 and 10. I don't know how you feel about this, but for me, and just knowing how the Carolina Panthers have gone about these things in games where they don't need to win at all, this seems just perfectly primed for a game the Carolina Panthers are going to win and tick <laughs> off the entire fan base. I think currently on tankathon.com, my favorite website, um, <laughs> they have the six best. They're there right mm-hmm. now. They'd be six overall to uh, in the NFL draft. And folks are looking at Evan Neal of Alabama or Charles Cross or maybe even a sure. quarterback. They're in that top ten. I feel like Carolina's going to this game and tick off everybody in this City and just like i'm kind of <laughs> thinking about it it would be kind of funny like, i honestly believe sam <laughs> donald's gonna ball out after everything after everyone booed him last week and everyone's mad about sam not everyone a lot of people yeah at least a twitter faction are mad sure. about sam donald starting on sunday i feel like sam donald's gonna go out there throw for 300 yards have a huge day and carolina's gonna like beat new orleans and then fans are like wow what the hell dude i, I feel like panthers are gonna win this game it's just a gut feeling Okay,
2: so the last time the last time <laughs> we talked, what you mentioned was if there's going to be a game in which Carolina beats New Orleans, that had to be the one, right? With the yes. coaching staff out and all those other things. My hope, again, there were so many question marks around all of this, right? We don't know who's going to be available. We don't know who's going to come off the list in time. Because even though it's five days for regardless of vaccination status, symptoms presenting ends up being 24 hours after those symptoms are gone, being cleared by doctors, all these other things. So that becomes the big question mark around this is how many of these players are actually going to be able to become available uh, that missed last week's game for New Orleans. So my hope is that the majority of them are able to, in particular, the defensive leaders, they got Malcolm Jenkins back. I would love for them to get DeMario Davis and Quan Alexander back and then a couple of those players over on the defensive line that they can rotate without having to send any other key players to the list, which is another key piece to all of this. We don't know exactly what's over, what's not. So Provided all of those things happen. <laughs> <laughs> There's the <laughs> caveat. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know. It feels so weird to like talk about it in this context. Right. But provided all those things happen, um, the New Orleans Saints should win this game. It is a must win for them if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive. Going into uh, a potential postseason appearance here for this team that I know wants to be there, that I know wants to win these games, and that I know has absolutely no desire to tank and play for draft positioning. Right, they're still in this. They want yeah. to win this game. Sean Payton is not somebody that's ever going to put their put his team in a situation to where they are you know losers in that situation. Right, they they want to go out there and they want to win. So I think that while they are still in the race here. This is enough of a must win, even though the Saints have been, for whatever reason, just not very good at home this season. I think that they can come out here and, and, and get this win at home against the Carolina Panthers. But a lot of things have to happen in terms of health for all of that to be the case. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. There's so much to play this most of
0: your games in Jacksonville moving forward. You played really yeah, well there as a home I know. Game. Just keep playing. In <laughs> they're incredible in Florida. It's been wild. Like yeah. They're incredible in Florida. So I don't
2: know. So this game, once again, has been moved. That's why I keep mentioning the time, 325 uh, Central Time, 425 Eastern Time. If you are watching this one, do enjoy. Uh, Julian, always a pleasure to be able to uh, to be able to chop it up with you, man.
0: Oh, my honor, Ross. It's been great. (laughs) I will talk to you again in 2022. As I told my listeners, my final episode of the year. So that's right. That's right. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. New Year's Eve. I told the folks, hey. Don't expect anything out of me. I'm going to be gone.
1: I'm busy. (laughs) I love it. I love
2: it. Well, have a wonderful New Year's Eve. Stay safe. All of that. Everybody here that has tuned in for this crossover. Thanks again, as always. Make a locked on Panthers, locked on Saints, your first listen of the day. For your second listen, make sure you go and check out uh, Locked on Bets, your boy Q, handicapping expert, Lee Sterling. You know you got to make some of that holiday money back. They'll help you get it done. Uh, We appreciate you very much for joining us. Julian Council, you can follow on Twitter at Julian Council. Myself on Twitter at Ross Jackson. Nola, enjoy the game this weekend. Um, And... Looking forward to seeing how this one goes. We'll see what goes on with it. We appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in for another Locked On crossover episode here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.